Awesome. Well, uh, this is Coach JBS D-Nut and Coach Bills. Uh, thank you, everyone, to tune in. Hot uh, podcast. Again, shout out to Coach V for always doing a great job organizing this tournament. Um, Coach, before we get going, you know, thoughts on the off season? Kind of what, what are you looking forward to? I know uh, about your squad. You got, you guys have have some new guys there. Yeah, we're doing all right. Um, I'm, you know, com- coming off a PTT year. It's not our standard in Salt Lake City. We try to make the NTT every year. We've had pretty good success in, in doing it. Being in the PTT last year, we were looking for a good class. We got a we got a one one tie on a on a shooter who I think will help us out. I'm hoping we can get back to the NTT this season. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously, some nice early tests for all of us in this huge tournament. Can you believe it? Seventy teams. Wow. Is that a new record? I think Coach V was saying the the, the popularity of this thing has has just grown exponentially, and it's it's fun to see. And again. Just, just another shout out to Coach V helping organize, plan, and implement all the new teams, all the new strategies, all the scheduling. That's um, that's a heavy lift, and he does a great job for everybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and then more generally around the country, if you're looking for you know observations, I mean there are two, right? Bakersfield wins the title; they've got four now. Incredible, yep. great, great job for them. Uh, and then I think we've got uh, to me, there's a clear favorite for this year. Not mm-hmm. to say that it's, you know, definite and, you know, you can just salt it away. That's not how it works. But, I mean, let's see if we have the same team. Who do you see as the national favorite this year, if, if you've got anybody in mind? You know, it, it's hard. Having just played them, um, you know, I, I am curious to see what the banana skippers can come back with. But, you know what, you, you just never know. You know, I know Louisville's got ranked the preseason one team, but – I think it's almost a little too early to tell, Coach, but I, I, if you've got someone you want to go ahead and give a shout-out to, feel free. Okay. Yeah, see, I was just curious if it was just me. To me, Ann Arbor is the team to beat. I mean, they were in the Final Four last year. They won the title a few seasons ago. They've got that 2-2 senior class of bigs, and then if you take a look at the 1-1 class they just brought in of even more big guys, uh, it's just kind of ridiculous at this point. I mean, I waited one senior starter from last year's Final Four team and brought in these unbelievable big guys who score two guys who scored 24 plus points a game in part of a one, one class. But you know, there are a lot of great teams out there. You mentioned Louisville, they're number one. Uh, we're going to get into Montpelier in a second. When we're talking mm-hmm. about the James group, that's another team. I think that's right at the top of the crop and mm-hmm. has managed beat Ann Arbor in the past. So, you know, like I said, I, I don't mean to say it's over just to me that one, one class for a team that's already at the final four level and really didn't lose all that much. Uh, makes Ann Arbor the preseason number one in, you know, the Coach Bill's personal rankings. And that, Paul, yeah, you know, just they, um, Coach Bradley always has that team rocking and rolling. Charlotte knows firsthand uh, as they handed us our only two losses a couple of years ago, um, both in the PNTT as well as in the Final Four. But, um, Coach, you know, you, you kind of teed it up. We can get started here with that James group. Taking a look at Montpelier, you know, preseason ranked 11th. They did lose – three senior starters, but uh, I, I don't think they were too upset when that 7-10 class came in. No no doubt. And what a great job uh, Coach Rusak has done recently. You know, I mean, I think Montpelier has been a contender for a long time in that conference, but they've sort of been uh, maybe a rung behind programs like Carnegie and Rochester for a bit. You know, Rochester having won a title, uh, Carnegie made the title game and lost to Duluth during Duluth's run. 
So those were teams that had national prominence. And for a long time, Montpelier was kind of like a sweet 16 level team or, or first round and out type team, you know, a great NTT contender who was always there, but didn't push further than that. Whereas a couple seasons ago, they ran through the PNTT, or I shouldn't say they ran through it in the sense that they won every game by double digits. They had a close game in the final winning it over San Antonio, I believe. Uh, but, you know, then made the NTT title game and were runners up that two seasons ago, uh, lost to Sioux City. Last year, we're back in the Elite Eight. And as you mentioned, now with the consensus top 10 class, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have some turnover. And maybe early in this season, it'll be tough for them to figure out exactly who they are, having lost their entire front court with James, Stewart, and Robinson going out. But, you know, just in sort of a crude way of determining this, you know, they lose guys who are 6'8", 6'10", 6'10", and they bring in freshmen who are 6'7", 6'8", 6'11". So, you know, you don't know whether they'll, you know, Bryant, Brown, and Jones will fit in, slot in nicely to where James, Stewart, and Robinson were. But even if, you know, not all three of those guys can accomplish that, they've got talented guys coming off the bench. Uh, Wyatt Tabares did not have a great freshman year last year, but was a highly touted recruit who might be able to fill the load as a starter once he gets more more minutes and more of an opportunity. Uh, And I think maybe most importantly, they've got a guy coming back or a backcourt coming back. I mean, Tanner Wilkerson will be a senior. Uh, He's had a really nice career. And then, in fact, Dorian Garavaglia, if that's the right way to say his name, <laughs> last year as a freshman had the best game score per 30 minutes, at least, on the team. Uh, so those guys probably can carry the load for a while while the big freshman gets situated. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Dorian, as you mentioned, the first team all-freshman league performer last season. So he'll, he'll certainly look to take the next step in his game. Um, I, I, I don't see any way you, you keep Brian Jones, the six eleven freshman big man who uh, coming off a, do- uh, a double double in the senior year of high school off the bench. I think he could slight, certainly slide in to Cameron Robinson's role. And then, you know, I think Jaquan Miller had a, had a very strong per 30 uh, last season. I think he could certainly st- slide into the four. Um, I think, I think coach Russ has the talent. Like you've said, they kind of been an, an early, round NTT team, but they've kind of figured something out. Um, back-to-back elite eight appearances. Uh, one was, of course, that runner-up in that in the championship. But uh, I see no reason why this team isn't winning 18, 19 games a year. And um, just to kind of go and get it out of the way, the clear favorite in the, uh, in the James group right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, I have that reaction as well. And, you know, not to be smirched go through those, I'm sure, in some detail, but – uh, they're the one seed for a reason. I think they deserve to be. 100%. Taking a look at um, at Aberdeen, the Tribe coming off a 14-10 and 10, um, appearance. They were the one seed in the PTT last year but suffered an early upset. They do, um, they do lose two starters, the two-guard and the three-guard, both uh, Mahoney and Johnson from last year. But what they get back is pretty impressive, especially with Peter Adams down low and then a, uh, a kid I know and love, young Carlo Davis, recruited him very hard a couple of years ago. Um, I think I think there's some, certainly some talent right there in Aberdeen. Um, the, the freshman class is not quite what he was, was expecting, um, but I do think uh, Aaron Sims is, is the prize and could certainly come in and, and do some damage and, and fill a role. 
Yeah, you know, we were talking about Montpelier and how for a while there they were a contender generally, but couldn't break through to that real national, you know, top 10 type team. And Aberdeen, I think, is in a similar boat, you know, uh, uh, to me, a well-known, uh, very well-respected coach in Naftali who's been around for a very long time and had a lot of success in various leagues across, you know, original DTL and now. And, but this program has always been right on the edge of the NTT. You mentioned they were a one seed last year in the PTT. And it just seems to me like that's always right where they are. They, they're very frequently in the NTT. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to say they're always literally in the PTT. But they're right at that spot where they're on the bubble and they'll make the NTT. They'll win a game maybe. Uh, but it's tough for them to get beyond that. And the, the problem for them always seems to be scoring. You know, mm -hmm. they, they just they're very strong defensively. And they don't have enough scoring to really, you know, beat the top teams consistently. Uh, a couple seasons ago, they had a guy named Reginald O'Donnell. I think that was his name, who was scoring a whole lot of points. And he was kind of doing it by himself. And now they've got Peter Adams, star mm -hmm. big guy, scoring 20, you know, 20 points, 10 rebounds, uh, doing it very efficiently. Uh, you know, had some, some accolades as well. Who's coming back. He's a real good player. And they just didn't have a lot of scoring around him. You mentioned Davis. You know, he scored 13.9 points for 30 minutes last year. Uh, but now in the freshman class, although it's not ranked that highly, they've got a guy named Aaron Sims mm -hmm. who scored over 20 points per 30 minutes. 6'9", playing small forward last year, had some nice shooting numbers. I, I think he is going to really help them out and, you know, maybe push this team. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how far they can go. You mentioned they lost a couple starters. Uh, so certainly they're going to have to slot players in and see where they fit. And it's possible that they'll end up around the same point. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I would not be surprised if they're at least back in the NTT this year, as opposed to on the PTT side of things with Adams leading the way. And then Sims as a very capable number two scorer. Yeah, coach, I think you nailed it. I think whereas they were on the wrong side of the bubble last year, I think they can certainly be on the right side with the addition of Sims. Um, you know, potentially four starters and, and, and double figures. That's always a recipe for success in League 31. Only question mark is going to who's going to occupy that two guard spot. They didn't get too much out of the freshman class. I don't. And fill that role. Their shooting numbers were not the best last year. But when you've got four guys that can consistently put in double figures, that um, that's going to make you certainly competitive. Again, I think they're I think they're a number two to Montpelier. They are the two C, but I do think they're back in the uh, in the NTT this year after after missing out just barely uh, last season. Yeah, I'm with you. And as I say, the coaching is very good. So I, you know, I think, and that's of course true for everybody in this great tournament, but I think NAF will, will figure things out and press the right buttons and get them going in the right direction. 100%. Now he does have a test uh, in, in his first game against our very next team, the Yonkers Yaks. Um, when you talk about, they, they've got their freshman class, their sophomore class and their junior class all certainly have some nice pieces um, to the puzzle, you know, they come in ranked 58th by the um, by the system. They return, you know, three starters. They lose two guys, the point guard as well as the small forward. But um, they're, they're small, but I think there's needless to say, there is talent um, in Yonkers to at least give Aberdeen some, some fits in game one, if you will. Yeah, it's a very interesting matchup between these two teams. And of course, we can talk about Yonkers more generally, but they're, they're very different. You know, you previewed the fact that Yonkers doesn't have a lot of height. 
And we talked about how Aberdeen does, right? They've got Peter Adams, star big guy, playing center. And then even Sims uh, to come in, he's, you know, he's 6'9 now. So those are two guys who are taller than anybody who was in the starting lineup last year for Yonkers. Uh, they had a 6'8 power forward, 6'8 center. And the freshmen they brought in are no taller than 6'4. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not clear to me that there will be a bigger guy in there. Although uh, Bjorn Ballinger is a guy who off the bench played pretty well last season, uh, had some nice numbers. And I know he was a highly uh, pursued recruit when he was in high school. So I think that at least it's possible that he could come in and get a shot to start this season. And in particular, if you're going up against a guy like Adams, you know, you can take a look at Ballinger's per 30 defensive numbers and they're pretty strong. 1.8 steals, 2.6 blocks. That's a guy you might want to have in there, at least in this game, to contend with Adams. Uh, But who knows? Uh, The other guy that sticks out to me for Yonkers, another very highly touted recruit, was Zachary DuBose, who was power power forward last year. Uh, I think he was, you know, maybe even a top 10 most recruited player. Uh, has been, you know, slightly underwhelming given that level of expectation. Uh, certainly had a good season last year, scored, you know, 17 points per 30 minutes, had, you know, decent shooting numbers, but wasn't quite setting the world on fire. So I wonder if this could be a breakout season for him. And it may be easier too. Uh, you know, you were talking about how having balanced scoring makes a big difference in, uh, in this league and across some sports. And in fact, I would like to ask you about that in a moment, Coach, because I know your Charlotte teams have had that kind of, uh, you know, a talent and have succeeded, I think, for that kind of reason with all the shooting. Um, so it's, it was interesting to me to hear you say that. Uh, but, you know, it might be something that Yonkers can do. You know, they had five scorers last season, uh, averaging double digits per 30 minutes and brought in two more scorers this year to maybe to slot in and replace the guys who are leaving. Uh, Jesus Bland, freshman or Jesus Bland, not sure. 26.8 points per 30 minutes in high school. Uh, and then Timothy Dawkins had 18.2 points per 30 uh, with some nice surrounding numbers as well. Pretty good assists, pretty good steals. So he could be a point guard type. So uh, that was a lot to throw at you. Feel free to react to the part about Yonkers or, or the, the tangent about your team, Coach. No, yeah, I, I did, yeah, just kind of dissecting that one piece at a time. I, I certainly agree with your point about being flexible with the lineup here. Um, starting in, in, the, in their first matchup with Aberdeen. I think Ballinger has to be able to slide into that five spot, but bump Johnson and DeBose up to the three and four, respectively. Um, DeBose, you alluded to, was a guy you know we were very interested in in Charlotte. Um, playing at the four spot, I would have loved to see what he can do with the three. Maybe he gets that shot this year. Um, I certainly think he's a game breaker. You know, averaged about 20 points per game his freshman year, still playing in that power forward spot. But if you can – get him up on the wing, get him playing out in space a little bit more. Would love to see what that potential really looks like, especially replacing a Maximilio Henderson right there at the three. Or, you know, that's, that's one thing I've kind of tried to own in on, in from a Charlotte perspective, I think you've got to at least have four scorers to really be considered a, a sweet 16 level team. You've got to have three to have any shot at really having a winning season. Four is what makes you a, a sweet 16 team, caliber team. And then if you can get five and double scorers, uh, d- double figure scorers, that's that's when you can become really dangerous. Um, you know, I, I do prioritize height. I think uh, I think that you can't. That's one thing you can't really teach. The one thing you can't improve. So I think that's certainly always an element to the game. Um, 
not sure if that answers your question, Coach, or not. I was just curious to get your thoughts because, you know, I've observed observed your program from afar. Uh, you sort of, you know, you made the Final Four there a few seasons ago, and then I think we're back in the Elite Eight last year, if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that team a few seasons ago in particular was very impressive to look at on the stat sheet just because of the true shooting percentages of all of four of your five guys. Um, and then Weed was kind of pulling up the, you know, on the back, you know, I still a good shooter, not quite at the same level back then. And now has come into his own as, uh, you know, another very capable shooter on his own uh, later in his career. But it's, I hadn't seen a team before yours. Uh, I thought that I remembered at least with five guys in double figures and doing it quite so efficiently. So, you know, you ran into some real good competition that year. Uh, there, There's always some great, great talent at the top, most recently in League 31. So, uh, you know, tough teams for you to beat, but I don't think anybody was looking forward to playing you, especially when you had all those guys uh, starting at the same time. Yeah, we, we, we already gave Ann Arbor some, some love there. I don't want to give those guys too much more love. But, uh, yeah, we, we just ran into a bing-bong team that really had our number there twice that season. But that was a fun team. You know, I had a fun team last year. Charlotte should have a fun team again this year. But, um, you know, this happy to kind of talk offline. I, I, want, I want to give the other teams their love. I don't want to talk about ourselves too much. Um, do want to round out with Jackson. Um, they're the final team kind of in the James group. They, um, they, they lose one starter from, uh, coming back from last year, the Jackson Five. Um, they do return a lot of production from last year in, in both their two through five. Um, however, you know, height, as, as we've kind of alluded to before, a major, major question with the Jackson Five. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had a 6-7 center last year. Did bring in some height, uh, you know, to be fair, with a middling freshman class, 113 hardwood, 135 sim hoops, with some guys who are 6'8", six, 6'9". So they may be able to, one of those guys might be able to start and play. William Morrow has some nice stats, the 6'8 freshman. So maybe he'll be in there and bump him up by an inch or so. But, you know, certainly not elite height. Uh, nobody there who, who strikes any, any of us as someone who can contend with a Peter Adams type in this, uh, in this region. Um, and it's just interesting to see Jackson where it is now. You know, they're, they're a decent team. They were in the RTT last year. Going back historically, though, in the first half of League 31's history, they were basically the most you know, successful program, or at least mm-hmm. they were right up there. Uh, you know, They had a couple titles back-to-back, seasons eight and nine. They were in the final four, two other seasons. Uh, so you know, this, was, this team was the standard for a while. And it's interesting to see they've, they've fallen on harder times relatively. Uh, it doesn't look to me like they're, you know, particularly likely to get up above the four spot in this region. I think they, they are the four seed. They are the fourth best team as well. Uh, you know, we, we talked about how Yonkers, the three seed has some nice young talent and could be more pushing, pushing Aberdeen as opposed to falling back. Uh, but we know this coach has been very successful. So, you know, maybe they'll be able to pull something out. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I think working in conference 10 with some good programs, including Clearwater and Ocala and Dayton, I don't know that Jackson's going to be back in the NTT this year, uh, might, might have to be uh, another season or two. Yeah. I think there are still a few seasons away coach, uh, it's just wrapping up the James division. Do you see anybody really challenging Mount Pillier here or, or are they, you know, far and away the, the runaway team in this region? 
Well, on paper, it's definitely Montpelier. I mean, the one thing that gives Aberdeen and Yonkers mm -hmm. some hope, and I, you know, I don't mean to exclude Jackson, but I really don't see them winning the group, uh, is just the fact that there's so much turnover in the Montpelier lineup, as we talked mm -hmm. about. You know, losing three guys, uh, you called out Jaquan Miller as a backup who might be able to come in and start. Makes sense to me. You know, Brian Jones, presumably as a freshman, will be starting at center, as you also said. So, you know, you can make sense of it. You can slot in these guys, but we haven't even seen them play a single game yet. You know, so we don't know for sure with, you know, so many new starters, three new starters. And, you know, Aberdeen and Yonkers both have players returning. Yonkers has a lot of talent, as we've said. So I think if anybody were going to rise up and do it, I, I would, if, if I were told that Montpelier isn't going to win this group, I might take Yonkers. And that's mm -hmm. not to say, I think, it's not to say I think they're better than Aberdeen, but I think they maybe have a higher ceiling uh, with a guy like Dubose and, you know, Ballinger potentially joining the starting lineup and making them a different sort of team than they were last year. Uh, I could see that happening, but certainly just in terms of the odds, I think Montpelier is the clear favorite. The beauty of that coach, we'll know who the challenger is rather quickly as uh, as game one does feature Aberdeen versus Yonkers. So we'll immediately know who potentially can step up to the plate and and be that uh, that formidable challenge to uh, to the top seed in this region. Mm -hmm. 